T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome into Jones and Mego with Arcan. We're taking you up until 6 o'clock on a Friday. What's turning into a pretty newsy little Friday afternoon here on WEEI. We're going to get to, well, Evan Drellick's book, the latest on Alex Cora. Some details that really paint the Red Sox manager and not the greatest light and continues just an awful, awful, awful offseason for the Red Sox. Not but great. No, it's not. Let's start with some news here off the top, though. Hot off the presses, uh, according to Sham Sharanya at The Athletic, uh, Brooklyn Nets all-star guard Kyrie Irving has requested a trade. League sources tell The Athletic and Stadium the franchise has been informed that Irving prefers to move before the trade deadline, which is February 9th. I didn't realize the trade deadline's that soon, Megan. Or we'll leave in free agency in July. So there's the ultimatum from Kyrie. I guess we can strike the nets I'm off teams contending nets. in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I don't, they're not going to be contenders without those two. <laughs> I'm going with Kyrie Irving. The only reason I, going was, where? Uh, the only reason <laughs> I was buying with them, uh, buying in on them, was Durant and Kyrie. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Kyrie to who knows where. Yeah, who wants him? No one's going to trade for him, right? This is wild because, uh, like you, we were sitting here saying, wait, the trade deadline is February 9th? Yeah, I'm surprised. Next Thursday. It's snuck up very quickly. I think I'm just adjusting to it being February, but looking at Kyrie's contract, so he's in the last year of his contract, as noted there, if they don't trade him, if they don't find a trade partner, then he's just going to walk in free agency, but he's got a $36.9 million cap hit for this season. That's 30% of the league cap. So I can't really, and considering the last two seasons that he's had, particularly last season, and that he hasn't exactly been totally carrying it without Durant. I can't. Do you have any trade partner, Arcan, off the top of your head? The Los Angeles Lakers, maybe. Oh. I feel like LeBron would probably be into this. I think that they would be uh, welcoming Kyrie Irving and all his craziness in there with open arms if it means they could unload Westbrook somehow. Oh, I was just going to say so yeah. Westbrook to the Nets, and now it's Westbrook and Simmons with Durant. The Nets <laughs> aren't going to trade him. 
They're not going to trade him. He wanted out to start the year. Exactly. Right. So, like, look, I mean, obviously they're a mess, and I guess people like me, and it's another reminder, and you can remind me as these guys did yesterday, 617-779-7937, and please remind us there and nowhere else, uh, that I'm an idiot for buying in on the Nets because Kyrie Irving and the whole thing is a mess. I I just can't imagine he gets traded by Thursday. He can request it all he wants, but as Shams put right in that tweet, uh, he'll leave in free agency. Well, then fine. Then leave in free agency, and then Kevin Durant can try to leave, and then who knows? Maybe the Celtics will be attempting to trade for Kevin Durant in the offseason like they were this past season. But I don't have much of a takeaway there. Kyrie is crazy. Kyrie didn't want to be there in the offseason. He's trying to force his way out. I can't, A, imagine anybody really wants him, and, B, it's not worth it to Brooklyn to trade him. The only way they're going to do anything this year is by keeping him. So I'd keep it together if I were the Nets, but that's just me. He's such a what just fell off my microphone. Yeah, it looked like was that, that was off your mic? I thought oh, that no. was a, a ring or something. I know, that was I don't know screw. what that is. Okay, first of all, when we walked in here, that, Fourier. That looked like a Super Bowl Sabotage the mic. Bragging about how he fixed the whole setup over here. I didn't know it was broken. I, I thought it was working fine. Broken now. Yep. Yeah, something just <laughs> fell off of my microphone. But anyway, um, for the Nets, though, Kyrie is such a different cat. He's such a weird guy that keeping him on this season, it, it might be to the detriment more than to the benefit. Can you I, know what I mean? Can I, I know no, you love him. I know no, he's your king. Well, and, and you know, I, it's not like I condone anything he does off the court, but he's, he's very good on it. And talent-wise, you know, he can hang with what the Celtics have. Uh, Ryan just asked me in my ear, and I think he was joking, but... I don't know if I'm joking. You think Tatum and Brown want him? No. Yes. What do you mean, No. No. I heard Arkan say yes. What do you mean no? Why not? He's a brother of mine. I feel like the way that it ended behind the scenes was much more sour than we ever got. We never got the proper reporting of this is how bad it actually was. They looked pretty good after the game the other night. They looked pretty friendly after the game. They always dab each other up. I just don't know. I don't see him fitting in with this team at all. There's there's way too much baggage. That wasn't here. the question though. The question isn't does he fit in with the team. It's does Brown and Tatum want him. Right. Kyrie is somebody that I've connected with, somebody that I would call a friend, a brother. Yeah, look, do I think the Celtics are gonna trade for him? I don't think Jalen likes him still. Oh, I think Jalen likes him. I, I think it, I'm uncomfortable with how much Jalen likes him. I don't still. think the Celtics are going to do it. I'm just saying, do you think Brown and Tatum want him? They're like, oh, Kyrie's available. Sure Go Tatum get him. Does yeah, because the Dukey thing. Because they both think that they're like super Duke grads. So yeah, I'm sure that 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 Tatum still Tatum still loves Kyrie. So of course he would. It's not the right move, <laughs> like in any definition of the scenario. So bottom line, it's good news for the Celtics because the Nets are one of the teams who can match them talent wise if they have Durant and Kyrie. Sounds like Kyrie could be gone. Uh, if not now, soon. Maybe Durant shakes free in the offseason. Another story for another time. You guys want to weigh in. 617-779-7937. Or you can just laugh at me and me talking up the Brooklyn Nets just 24 hours ago. I'm going with Kyrie Irving. Again, 617-779-7937. Can we get to where I wanted to start today? Sure. And uh, we have an advanced copy of Evan Drellick's new book. Uh, that is out on the Houston Astros. And Mego, can you help me with the title? I don't have the, the Winning title. Fixes Everything. And then there's a longer title under it. Yeah, under it, whatever. But, uh... Winning Fixes Everything. Evan Drellick, well-researched book on the Houston Astros and the building of, well, a, a multi-World Series winner, the cheating scandal, everything else that goes with it. And the advanced copy has some very interesting stuff here about Alex Cora, and it does not paint him in a good light. By the way, hi, everybody. Hi, Alex. Oh, oh no. (laughs) 
This goes back to Hurricane Harvey, which devastated Houston, and the Astros were coming back in on their flight, and after they land on their flight, to the devastation of Hurricane Harvey. This is the backdrop for this story, so just know that. Uh, This anecdote here from, uh, again, winning solves everything? Winning fixes everything. Winning fixes everything. Thank you. Uh, At the airport in Houston, the Astros boarded two team buses, including one that primarily carried staff, such as Hinch, Cora, and Jeff Blum. Uh, normally, Cora's seat was right behind Hinch, but someone else plopped themselves down. Biggio. And Cora had to relocate. So Craig Biggio is in his seat, and he's already stewing. On the drive to downtown Houston, Cora started playing music loudly on a speaker. Blum was trying to get a hold of his wife, and some of the broadcast crew were also trying to reach out to families and figure out which roads were open. Quote, the logistics of a disaster, one person on the bus recalled. So again, this is the backdrop of it, right? There's a hurricane, the fallout from it. And Cora's, blast, uh, Cora's blasting his music. This is 2017. Mm-hmm. So this is... When he's still the bench than, coach of the right, Astros. Less than six years ago. Blum, annoyed by the music, quietly went up to Cora's seat. Any other day, crank it, Blum told Cora, which... Careful with those kinds of directions. Any other day, <laughs> crank it. <laughs> but if you can just turn it down a little bit and let us kind of figure out how we're going to get home and see our families and see that they're okay, and Cora cuts him off, he goes, you want me to turn it down? He shot back. You want me to turn it down? I'll turn it down. How about I just turn it off? Which now I feel like I'm talking to my wife, Arcan. Like now, now I feel like I'm. That's how my wife passive aggressively like handles things. Like, Come oh on, man, oh, I'm watching too loud out here. How about I just shut it off? How about I just shut it off then, Jones? Okay, fine. How about I just leave the house? Yeah. How about I leave forever? So, Cora, that's me though. Like, the, the, my, the, my wife's favorite thing to say to me is, "Can you please turn that so down?" You're, so you're the passive aggressive. So I'm the then. passive aggressive. Uh, oh yeah, sure, I'll turn it down. How about I just turn it off, Cindy? So that's how that's how about how, I just go out in the freezing cold all night, Cindy. <laughs> so that's how Cora acts. He goes, I mean, I just turn it off. Blum said thanks and went back to his seat, which I think he'd regret that. Thank you. About five minutes later, Cora walks past Blum before all of a sudden he was hovering right over the broadcaster. Menacing. Cora said, I bet if Puerto Rico was going through this, you'd be playing the music, Cora said. And Blum snapped. He said, You gotta be kidding me, how dare you say that? Cora then called him. A C bomb? Yeah, that's that's a bad one, right? That is, it's not a great one. A very bad C word. A, a a bad C word. Some would say the worst is what he called him for snapping back at him over Cora saying, "If this was Puerto Rico, you'd be playing the music." And if this was the United Kingdom or Australia, we could probably say that yep. word on the radio. Yep. Well, get ready for it. Cora's going to say it again. <laughs> get the dump button ready. I saw you talking to the manager, Cora said, referring to Blum's relationship with Hinch. That's how insecure he is. He sees a broadcaster talking to A.J. Hinch, and he's all worried about his own job. His insecurities are coming out here. For about five minutes, the yelling continued, and people on the bus assumed a fist fight was inevitable. Blum, a sizable guy at 6'3", 220, according to his playing listing days. And Cora, who's not tiny, smaller, at 6 feet and about 200 pounds. Uh, They were uh, about to mix it up. And people are like, seriously, here it comes, a member of the team said. Finally, Cora stopped. He thought better of it. Blum 632, whatever. And he said, eh, maybe later. I was like, holy sh. He briefly went back to Hinch and told Blum, you, me, after the bus. Team travel back to Houston was supposed to be dirty, although not uncommon in the sport. Dry. I'm sorry, what did I say? Dirty? Yeah. Dry, rather. Uh, it is supposed to be dry, not dirty. Although it's uncommon in the sport for those rules to be bent. Nonetheless, Cora was clearly drunk. And people in the traveling party had seen him drinking. On the bus, you could see it, one person said. And later on in the story, it would go on to say, and again, this is Evan Drellick, Cora really likes to drink, said someone who traveled with the Astros. Any road trip I was on with him, or plane flight I was on with him, he was drinking a lot. He and CB, Craig Bjornson, 
were basically wasted on every single flight. So much so that Cora would turn into the equivalent of like the scary homeless person that's talking to themselves during a drunken Tai Chi in place. Which is what is that? Is that like standing on like one foot? Yeah, like is that you know like putting the arm up? Was like crane? On one foot. Like doing like crane yeah, and like, like stuff crane. like that. Okay. Like, is that person okay? So uh, you're like, oh my God, what's wrong with that guy? Cora could get that level of drunk on basically every single trip. And so there's more to this story, and we can we can get to more of it from the excerpt from Evan Drellick's new book that does not paint Alex Cora in a great light. It paints him in a bad light. It's been a horrible, horrible offseason, Mego, for the Red Sox. And like the one person anybody liked at winter weekend was Alex Cora, and now this. Not just winter weekend. Going back to last season, Cora has skated by without much blame in any of the Red Sox failures. And, you know, I think that's been mostly fair. He's in the the passages from this book, outline this as well. He's beloved by the players. He is a player's coach in the clubhouse. And he still maintains that back then in 2017 when it seems like he's being kind of a menace on these team trips or at least, least this one team trip. Suck on it. But this is a, not a good look. This is very embarrassing. This is so embarrassing. I actually, and, and again, it's six years ago. I think he's commented on this particular scenario before. He did. In it's the a, past. It's in the book, yep. But we haven't had the details, this this depth of the details around it, well, which, and, which I think are pretty aggressive. And Drellick goes on to detail that basically he was on the cusp of getting fired. You know, like he was about to lose his job as bench coach of the Houston Astros in 2017. And there's other stuff in the book, you know, brazenly bragging about the cheating scandal, uh, the cheating. Uh, uh, what's the proper word? Uh, the the scheme that they had that he completely set up and orchestrated. And yes, brought to the Boston, uh, brought to the Boston Red Sox as well on top of it. Uh, who were already uh, cheating before he got there. Who were already <laughs> cheating with Apple Watches before Alex Cora even got here. A double whammy for sure. If you thought the Red Sox offseason was going poorly and then you wake up and you see this today, and who knows, maybe people inside the organization already were alerted to this coming. They probably were. Not the news you were looking for on what's already been just an awful, awful, horrible, no good offseason for the Red Sox. It's truck day. And it is on truck day. How could they do this on truck day? Of all days. Of all, truck days of all days. Uh, happy truck day, by the way, to all who celebrate. <laughs> yes, happy, happy. Great. Uh, 617-779-7937. You can weigh in on the Red Sox. Can the offseason get any worse? What's your thoughts on Alex Cora? Now, as Mego said, six years after the fact. And don't worry, Mego. Once you fix that microphone, <laughs> okay. we'll be able to hear from My you again. My microphone is actively falling Well, apart. we'll have to. Uh, Thanks, Christian. I hope your photo shoot's we'll, going well. We'll have to take a look at that, uh, certainly, in the break. But even though six years ago, and even though Cora's been here and got into a World Series and won a World Series before that, with all of it, how are you feeling about your manager today? How are you feeling about your Boston Red Sox? Plus, we'll follow any news on Kyrie Irving as it breaks. We'll get to all that right after Trending from Christian Arcan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Jones and Mego on WEEI. One year away from free agency with a superstar player. And we, we didn't sign And I want to explain why, because it relates to where we're going. It relates to where we're going. We didn't sign up because when you make those bets, they're big bets. And those bets, hang with me, hang with me. Those bets, those bets usually, now y'all know it, you guys are smart. Those bets are much better up front and on the back end. We know that, every team knows that when they're making those bets. But if you want to make that type of bet, you better be ready to back it up. You better be ready to surround that bet with a whole lot of talent, a whole lot of young talent, or you're not going to win. And you see it all the time in that in this game. You see it all the time. And I don't think anybody would disagree where the organization was. We just weren't ready to back up that bet. Maybe use that word a few times less. Bets, bets, bets. Maybe shy away from that. He said it over a dozen times, I think. Is that how much he said it in that right? one answer? Isn't that what we had? Yeah, at least at least a dozen, I think. We counted. I wish at the end he just stepped back and yelled, Smokey! <laughs> <laughs> bets, 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 bets. How many times could you do that in We're one answer? We're ready to back up that bet. Uh, yeah, yeah. At least that was singular. At least that was a little bit better. And uh, it's Jones, Mego, and Arcan here on WEEI. The first hour of the program is brought to you by Arbella Insurance. Here for good. You guys are smart. Can the Red Sox offseason possibly go any worse? Again, you guys can jump in. 617-779-7937. It's, it's incredible. Absolutely. Get it? Yes. Get it? We have uh, Xander Bogarts on the way out. I guess they signed Rafael Devers. I guess that was a, uh, a positive. Hyam Bloom does that at winter weekend. The owners are getting booed at winter weekend. Maybe, and it was, you know, maybe not the most respectable source in the world. Maybe there's a feud between uh, John Henry and Tom Warner. Maybe not. Maybe they're looking to long-term sell the team. Like, now Alex Cora, throw him on top of it. Throw Alex Cora on top of it. The one guy everybody likes. The one guy who, and you're right about this, Megan, the one guy who his job wasn't quite in the crosshairs the way it is for Hyam Bloom. Although I don't, I don't think he should be completely off the hook and guaranteed that he's safe with a job or anything like that based on the way he managed things after the trade deadline last year. But separate topic, the one guy you felt pretty good about, now this comes out in Drellick's new book, uh, Evan Drellick's new book, Winning Fixes Everything, How Baseball's Brightest Minds Created Sports' Biggest Mess. And it's about the Houston Astros, but it focuses on Alex Cora and the cheating and his drinking no and deal. having it out with his boss. It's like the one guy you felt pretty good about. Now he's in the middle of it, too. The offseason can't go any worse. And just to start on Alex Cora, the discussion that we've largely been having 
up until now has been, is Cora just going to walk? Is Cora just going to throw his hands up in the air and say, I can't even get a true shortstop that's not a minor leaguer at this point, and I'm sick of having to put together this puzzle every other week because somebody's out, so I have to shuffle somebody else in their place because we have no depth at the... At, at the major league level. And so I I don't think that this changes whether or not, for me personally, it doesn't change whether or not he should be with the organization at all. But it is, like I said before, it is very embarrassing. I mean, that one quote about he looks like the homeless person who's doing drunken Tai Chi yeah. across the street. And like, look, I've if definitely, I've definitely been there, just to be clear. Like, I've definitely been there, but I'm not trying to do that on, on a work flight. It's well, and they said that that the routinely quote, do it the on a work flight. Said that could have could happen on any trip. Correct. And again, this was almost six years ago, but it's not like it was twelve years ago. And in some ways, I look at this and I wonder to try to find the silver lining in what's pretty pretty bad. Couple of anecdotes in here. Maybe the best thing that could have happened would was the entire scandal being exposed after that 2018 World Series. Because maybe that forces him in the year-long suspension to reevaluate how much this means to him and his professionalism and everything. I think we've all been in some kind of rock-bottom kind of scenario like that in different points. So hopefully he he came back a different guy. Hopefully he doesn't operate like this now, you know? I don't know. We, we talk to him once a week in the summer. Seems very professional. He's like not I doing, said, he's not doing tai chi. He's, a, he's not doing tai chi in those. Like some homeless person. And no, he, like I said, no, he, man, come on. He is beloved in, by his players and well, in and the that, clubhouse. But that's noted in here. Too. I was just going to say that was clear in the book that he was very popular with the players in Houston. Uh, that that is highlighted in the book. His issues were with other coaches. His issues were with the manager AJ Hinch. Broadcasters that he was jealous of, like his broad, his issues were with other people, not the players. That is true. The players loved him then; they still love him now. And I'll be honest with you, all this stuff—it's embarrassing, yeah, but it doesn't really bother me all that much. He got suspended; like he served his time for all this stuff, and it happened a long time ago. I haven't heard anything about him since all this stuff happened here in Boston. You know what I mean? Like it's just—it hasn't come up like that. So. I don't know. I mean, I sort of feel like, yeah, that was embarrassing. It happened a while ago. We sort of knew some of this stuff already. I feel like it's not all, you know, completely all. blindsiding everybody. No, some of this was reported at the time. Drelic, right. Drelic reported it at the time. Drelic reported some of this already. Him saying, oh, we stole that World Series to people on the Red Sox, I thought was sort of a big uh, headline there, too. Him bragging about that in the aftermath. But again, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit in judgment on something that happened all that time ago if he's been good since then. Uh, I never really thought he deserved a second crack with the team. Like, I was surprised they hired him back with the team. So I, I think all of this is relevant. I think his time in Houston is very relevant because it's what got him hired here. He was on the precipice of getting fired from the Astros. And we'll pick up here in Winning Fixes Everything, Evan Drellick's new book. And uh, we have an advanced copy here we've been reading from today. Again, the, the quote that we were just referencing, if you missed it off the top, Cora likes to drink said someone who traveled with the Astros. Any road trip, I was on with him. Any trip, as as Megan just highlighted, or plane, I was on with him. He was drinking a lot. Him and CB, Craig Bjornsson, were basically wasted every single flight, so much so that Cora would turn into the equivalent of, like, the scary homeless person that's talking to themselves during the drunken Tai Chi in place, and you're like, oh, my God, what's wrong with that guy? Like, Cora would get that level of drunk on basically 
every single trip. It was Dad's uh, night out. Drunks. So again, it was like Jones and or not Jones Arcan on uh, Dad's like night again, out. Like again, have I been there? I was doing some Tai Chi that night. Absolutely, I've been there. Corey gets off the flight screaming, "Ball in hand, ball in hand, guys!" I, I've I, have I been there? Yes, and I don't mean to wag my finger, uh, but maybe not every single work flight. You know, maybe maybe not on a work trip period, and maybe not consistently on work trips. Uh, we'll pick up here when the bus got to Minute Maid Park. Hinch and Cora went down the ramp and off to the right where the TV trucks are. Blum, the team broadcaster who Cora got into it on the flight, who asked him to turn his music down. Blum followed and told Cora he was sorry. So he's apologizing. He's trying to de-escalate the situation. Cora immediately snapped and started screaming at him again on the loading dock. Not just at Blum, but at Hinch this time too. Cora, he's your buddy. You want him to be your bench coach. You don't trust me. This this sounds like a, a real marriage fight is what this sounds like. Like, oh, you like him, you don't like me, you don't trust me, Cora said, accusing Hinch of showing favoritism to Blum. It's been like that all year long. This is just business. And Cora again. <laughs> what, Mega? What? It's just so bad. Cora again called Hinch an effing C bomb. And his second rant, this one directed mainly at his boss. Lasted about 10 minutes in front of the team. So that's two C-bombs. Yeah, I that's, wish that's a bad one, right? that Evan would have done a little bit deeper reporting here, and we could have gotten how many C-bombs were in the 10-minute uh, rant. Because I'm betting it didn't just start with the one. I counted two. This was an effing C-bomb, by the way. Uh, he sounded very aggressive. Like, if you tried to break it up, you're going to get hit in the face, a witness said. Another said, holy crap, I'm going to watch our manager deck our, uh, deck our bench coach. So, like, they were ready for these guys to throw down. Uh, Drellick writes, fights can happen in a long season on baseball teams between players and staff and others, but this one stood out to some who had seen plenty before. Quote from a longtime player, it was crazy, man. Cora at the time uh, said, between Harvey, the hurricane in Houston, and Irma, which is not the hurricane that devastated Puerto Rico, it was a building hurricane that was on its way to Puerto Rico, uh, but was not one that eventually devastated the island. It was a combination of a lot of emotions on a personal level, Cora said later that year, I learned that boys are boys and it's a family. You're going to have your good days and your bad days. So that's boys how he tried are to. Boys are boys. C bombs are C bombs. Yeah, he just tried to brush it away <laughs> at the time. He's like, ah, whatever, boys will be boys. Sometimes boys are C bombs. We were just mixing it up. Just a couple of guys disagreeing. Uh, but again, this doesn't sound like just one disagreement. It was not a boys will be boys thing. It was happening consistently with Cora and Hinch. It was building, I should say. Uh, he was also ultimately trying to downplay what happened, Drellick writes. No matter how good a team is, having a bench coach berate not just a broadcaster, but the manager of the team in front of so many others wasn't something that could repeat itself. The rift between manager and bench coach had to be pitched, uh, patched up immediately. Or what choice would Hinch have had but to fire Cora in the middle of an otherwise amazing season? Hinch vented to others he should have been fired a long time ago. Real quick, Oof. wouldn't that be in any other job? drunkenly dressing down your boss yes. and like embarrassing yourself in front of the media and all these other people yes. like that's how you don't get fired for that is a, I know he had a great relationship with the players but I mean that's unbelievable he didn't get fired for that so he what called you- his boss an effing C-bomb correct I'm drunk. <laughs> do we think do we th- are we are we questioning the the story Arkan is that what you're saying or you're just shocked that Houston didn't follow I'm shocked through? they didn't fire him I'm not questioning the story at all. I think the story is very well sourced, and uh, I don't have any problems with that. I just can't believe that even after all that, he still wasn't fired. He should have been fired a long time ago. The front office and Jim Crane were aware of what happened, and an executive confirmed the rift had continued, uh, or if it had continued, a dismissal would have likely been afoot. That's right, an executive said. It got smoothed out pretty quickly. It was bad. 
It was an embarrassing moment for the organization and for AJ and Cora. It sort of showed our dysfunction. Uh, parenthetically, Drellick adds, the Astros successfully kept the story hidden from the public for a few months until after the season when he eventually reported on it. So, I don't know. I mean, to me, all of that is kind of relevant. Like, did the Red Sox know about all this? Did they know about it when they brought him in? Did they know about it in how much detail? Or did they just get Alex Cora's version of the facts? And I do think it works against him this year, where I don't expect the Red Sox to be good. I already thought Alex Cora, along with Haim Bloom, maybe on thin ice. I, I didn't think either of them were guaranteed to get through this year. I didn't think either one was guaranteed to get through last year, based on how horrible the Red Sox were. And again, Bloom built a bad roster. Cord did a bad job managing it after the All-Star break. The players were all checked out and moping around, and it's the manager's job well, to get Xander, their heads screwed he on right. for free agency. No, so. but not even. <laughs> I feel like he was like the leader of, of moping around last year, no? But his numbers were good at the Sure, end. but they traded Vasquez, and he was like one of the guys being oh, like, yeah. oh, we got to bring him back. Well, how could he be? Why are we trading him? So, like, I do blame Cora for that. And in an offseason that's been embarrassing, it doesn't help that now Cora is part of that embarrassment, especially when, as we detailed earlier, he was the well-liked guy. He's the He seemed like the adult on the team. Well, can I flip it on its head real yes. quick? And again, this was almost six years ago. Cora didn't get fired. And there's some other stuff that I think we'll get to about issues that he had in the workplace in Houston. Doesn't it tell you how good he was as a coach? If this is the kind of stuff that was happening regularly They're willing to look the other way on trips, it. And everybody's just like... Ah, that's Cora being Cora. Like, if that's the gist of it, but he is that talented of a coach, even just because, come on, a bench coach, a bench coach is important. Who set up an entire cheating thing and was the reason (laughs) why all their stats got better, probably. So so you think that they didn't cut him loose because he would go rat? That's what you think it is? Uh, Not necessarily. I do think think you could flip this and say he does connect with the players so well. He's Uh, a good enough coach that they retained him despite calling the bo- his direct boss an effing C-bomb. Houston kept him. The Red Sox hired him, and I'm sure they had to have known some of this because it was reported at the time. Again, how forthcoming was Cora with the details? I have no idea. But I'm sure they had to have known some of this, and they hired him back after the cheating scandal, after he was suspended for a year. So, no, I mean, he is a good manager. He's a good manager. And so that's why he's been able to keep his job. But my goodness, again, rough, rough offseason for the Red Sox who start off losing Xander Bogarts, getting booed at winter weekend. Who knows? Maybe the team's for sale. I have no idea. Maybe we haven't Hen- even had our Chris Sale had a minor setback after his first appearance <laughs> at spring training annual news yet. That's true. We're not even there yet. Like We don't even have any like pitching injuries or anything from down in Fort Myers. But it's a bad season. Looks worse for the Red Sox. You can weigh in. 617-779-7937. I wanted to circle back to Kyrie unless you guys had any lingering thoughts on, on Cora. And if you do, please. Well, I just wanted to note this, this one other... Uh, passage from the book about how Cora talked about his pay because yes. he said in Cora's show, this is from Evan Drellick, in Cora's short time in Houston, he had shown he could be erratic or simply immature. Quote, he totally disenchanted the coaching staff. One member of the Astros said he blew up one day in the coach's office with AJ and said, quote, you expect me to do all this stuff for 250 grand? <laughs> and you know, all the other coaches are making like 75 grand, the source said. Another version of the story had Cora making 275 grand. Either way, it wasn't big money for ex players like Cora, who made upwards of $15 million over his career as a player before taxes. But in the coaching world, a salary approaching 300 grand was significant. 
particularly in Houston where purse strings were tight. That just cracks me up that he's walking around like, like and I- this is the workload I have and you're paying me these peanuts. Right. Meanwhile, other people are making, you know, right. it's fine. Five figures. And they're like. I'm listening to this. Right. Meanwhile, a guy's throwing a bunch of jocks into the, uh, you know, the, the the laundry cart going through the locker room, the the clubhouse, and has to go wash them. And Alex Cora is complaining about making 250K or 275K or whatever it was as an ex-player, which is chump change for him. But that's what he's doing. It's not. It wasn't an isolated incident that year. Maybe he's cleaned it up. There's maybe. a little lack of self-awareness. Yeah. Maybe it's all better or maybe not. I have no idea. But, uh, again, it's not it's not a pretty picture for the Red Sox. Oh, man. One other quick thing on this, and it's not so much about Alex Cora, but did you guys see the JT Watkins stuff? Yes, 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 yes. So, so they, JT Watkins, you don't know, him. he's a replay coordinator, and uh, before the 2020 season, he was suspended for the whole year for relaying the other team's signs from the video room in 2018. The book now has new details about this, saying that uh, there was said to have been some money coming his way, even though he was supposed to be on an unpaid suspension. So there may be some more details in here that could get the Red Sox in trouble. Uh-oh. And got a fall guy in the crew. <laughs> Hush money. That's all that was. Uh, plain and then and they simple. brought him back as a scout after he, after his suspension. He is uh, rehired by the team. So there you go. That's uh, that's some of the uh, items that jumped out to us in Winning Fixes Everything, Evan Drellick's new book. Uh, we had an advanced copy. We felt like it was worth sharing. There is, uh, again, developing news in the NBA that Kyrie Irving has requested his way out of Brooklyn. And you can weigh in on all of it, 617-779-7937. I, I think it's funny that Celtics fans laugh so much at the Brooklyn Nets. And that's going on right now on social media. You guys have been doing it the last couple of days, which is fine. Uh, The Nets were very talented. The Nets just beat the Celtics two years ago in the playoffs. And I still think if they fired on all cylinders, and they probably never will, they're one of the few teams talent-wise that could compete, even if Kyrie Irving survives the trade deadline. I still feel that way. But mocking the Nets for it's so funny because the Celtics already did this. And the Celtics wanted to keep Kyrie. Danny Ainge wanted Kyrie. Fans wanted to keep Kyrie. Not universal, but I'd say more than 50% of Celtics fans at the time, the majority of Celtics fans at the time, wanted Kyrie back. They were like, oh no, we lost Kyrie. What are we going to do? How are we going to replace him? And so I just find it funny, the mocking of other fan bases when you wanted him back, Danny wanted him back, Tatum and Brown may still want him back. I plan on re-signing here next year. I I just find that funny from Celtics fans and maybe, uh, you know, a little... uh, Tone deaf or lack of self-awareness, as you just said, uh, as we were talking about Alex Cora. I think Celtics fans display some of that on the Kyrie topic as well. I think you sound kind of defensive right now. You think so? As part of Nets Nation. I, I, I am not part of Nets Nation. Oh, I'm really? president I of am Nets the, Nation. I am the head of Nets Nation, okay. yes. As the, the global leader of Nets yes. Nation and the ambassador yes. and the diplomat, you yeah. sound very defensive. But don't you, you know... You would be acting the same way. You did act the same way when Cel- Kyrie left. Celtics fans did act the same yeah. way. But they're in a much better position, and I think... And, and I know, but that, they are now. We know yeah, that now, know. but that, that doesn't mean they knew that then. But the funny thing to me is if you look back at last year's finals, like now Celtics fans with where they are now, they can point to it and say, look at us. It's basically just us and the Warriors who are doing this the quote right way of drafting players and building and developing them and then having them all essentially be our starters. Whereas a team like Brooklyn has to go out because they're in New York and because the Knicks are such an utter disaster continuously that they had to go out and get these big free agents and they basically had to get guys like Durant and and Kyrie Irving to buddy up and go there because it's New York and that's the argument that 
I think people make more now rather than, well, we're glad Kyrie's gone. But it is disingenuous to pretend like everybody wasn't, you know, doing backflips when Kyrie was traded here for IT. It's just, I do credit the Celtics, the franchise, for they learning their lesson. They didn't. Well, they, they wanted kicked him back. the tires on Durant. They wanted him back. Yeah, but after that, focusing on the core that they had. Okay, but they. my point is they there wanted Kyrie. There hasn't been any major free agent additions in, or any major trade additions. I'm talking about altering the starting lineup since Kyrie. Well, Kemba. But but yes, but no, no nobody else since then. I'm talking major. <laughs> well, that seemed like a big one at the time. But no, what's fraudulent is that the Celtics did want to keep him and they did try to keep him. And they couldn't keep him. They they were bending over backwards to try to keep him. Ainge was Ainge was defending him that whole year. And so, no, look, I am getting defensive and lashing out because my nets are falling apart. There's no doubt about it. But don't forget how you felt about Kyrie and how you wanted him back and how the team wanted him back because that happened. 617-779-7937. It's how you get in touch with Jones and Mego with Arcan Here on WEEI, we'll get to your phone calls coming up and we'll get to Bet Roulette next. Jones and Mego return after this on WEEI. This is Jones and Mego. You're Dr. Doom. I am. I'm also Dr. Don Overton. On WEEI. All right, I'm going to give you a choice. You can either have the money and the hammer, or you can walk out of here. You can't have both. You don't f*** around in this place. You got it? Boom! Boom! That's it! Gambling! 247 here on WEEI. It's Adam Jones. Megan Adelini, Christian Arcan, Jones, Mego with Arcan. Uh, you can give us a call, 617-779-7937. Don't forget, you can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Save W-E-E-I as a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, each and every Friday at this time, we want to get to a new segment called Bet Roulette. Now, a lot of different shows around the country do gambling segments. But I, I think we're going to introduce something uh, a little bit more unique, something a little bit different than what everybody else does because I'm not just going to give you my pick and Mego's not just going to give you her pick and Arcan's not just giving his pick. No, 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 no. It's going to be dictated to us on some level by a roll of the dice. Or in this case, you know, a spin of Arcan's iPhone. That is back correct. There is what we're going to be doing. Um, before we get to that, the first hour of Jones and Mego is brought to you by Arbella Insurance here for good. I like how we're doing dice and calling it roulette too. That's a well. So that that, that doesn't really work <laughs> doesn't out really either. Work. But you know, whatever. It kind of rhymes. So uh, ideally, I would have remembered my dice today. But you know, we had a. If you're watching along on the uh, the Twitch chat, we had a photo shoot today, like a company wide photo shoot. So I was like, you know, I was all worried about getting myself gussied up, Mego. I wanted to get my hair. My hair did. I wanted to, uh, you know, wear my my nice shirt today. Arcand and I wore matching shirts, uh, unbeknownst to one another. It's like a teacher's lounge right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It does. Mego didn't get the memo about the uh, purple collar. No, I didn't. No, there's. I was anxious though. I didn't like that. There are like suit jackets and uh, you know blazers hanging up everywhere around here. It does look like a teacher's lounge to Ryan's point. But so we so I I rushed out of the house and I forgot my dice. So we're gonna have Arcan do this on a on an app because you know it's 2023. You can do this uh, on an app. But ideally, we'll be up and we'll be up and you know blowing on the dice, rolling in the studio, so people can follow along. Maybe we can make it a play on craps. Oh, craps! That's the dice game, right? 
Craps. Crappy bets. Craps yeah. has craps has dice. Here are crappy bets. Here's our yeah. crappy bets. I'm sure sponsors will want to get involved craps. with that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There are you could cra- get a laxative. Hey, every sponsor. Friday it's our crappy bets. Win a yeah. crap load of money on our yeah. crappy bets. Well, that's that's uh, that's something. Uh, so anyway, so who uh, missing should, your craps? So who should go first here, Arkan? Should I go first? Uh, sure, you can go first, and let me tell you. Uh, should I tell you what's on the dice first? Yes. Yes. Roll, yes. And yes, then yes. we'll uh, tell you when you land. No. 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 So tell everybody what our our dice options are. Shall All right. You? The dice options are: if you land on a one. It'll be the uh, Sun-Celtics game tonight. Celtics are favored by nine. Okay. If you land on two, it'll be Jason Tatum over under 30.5 points tonight. Right. If you land on three, the Yale Bulldogs and the Harvard Crimson are playing a college basketball game tonight. <laughs> Yale favored by three and a half in Cambridge. Okay, the so NHL. We, we, uh, don't want, we don't want three. We don't well, want three. unless you know your stuff. Uh, NHL accuracy uh, shooting competition. Connor McDavid versus the field. Uh-huh. Uh, will an American win the Pebble Beach Pro-Am? And Grammy Album of the Year, Adele versus the field okay. on number six. So these are our options. So in theory, I'd be, uh, I'd be rolling my dice if I remembered them. My, a die? What's the proper terminology? A die. Single is a die. I'd be rolling a die here, but uh, go ahead, Arkin. All right, I'll do the rolling for you. Tell me I rolled. Here we go. Daddy wants a new pair of shoes. Come on, baby. That looks like a three. Yale Bulldogs, minus three and a half. Come on. At the Harvard Crimson Jones. Who do you like? Well, this was this was obvious. I was I was, you know, slow playing everybody playing possum on this (laughs) bet. Because this is actually the one that I wanted. Everybody knows. Everybody knows when you're dealing with the Harvard Crimson and they're on their home floor whatever it's called, when they're there and they're catching points, you want Harvard every single day of the week. I can't believe they're a home dog. I love a home dog in this situation. Give me the Harvard Crimson plus 3.5. It's uh, Levitis Pavilion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I I knew. (laughs) Levitis Pavilion? Levitis, I think. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right, Megan, you ready? I'm scared. Here we go. Megan's (laughs) roll is a six. A six means uh, it is the Grammy question. Yes, here is uh, what it is. Adele for album of the year, her album 30, going up against Renaissance by Beyonce, Bad Bunny, I don't know how to pronounce it in Spanish, (laughs) Harry Styles, Harry's House, Brandi Carlile, In These Silent Days, Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Lizzo Special, ABBA had an album this year, I guess, called Voyage, Coldplay, Music of the Spears, or Mary J. Blige, Good Morning Gorgeous, Adele versus The Field. First of all, I feel like this is kind of an outdated category. I mean, I love the concept of an album. Album of the year not, is outdated? There's oh, not that time. I see. Like, it's, you just don't consume. Most people don't consume music by album anymore. So no. I can't say I have a deep knowledge of these albums. But I'm going to go with a what I'm guessing is a dark horse that it's going to be Harry Styles. So, you got the so field. you're taking the field? Yeah, the field. Okay. She's okay. taking the field with Harry Styles. I'll tell you what. It's like a little bonus prediction on top of taking the field. It's like I Bad got the Bunny. field, but no, I, I but I got but I got Harry's house. It's gonna be the spoiler. Beyonce as an underdog is wild to me. Uh, Beyonce not being the leader, I think, is wild. Also, that Bad Bunny album uh, sold an unbelievable amount of copies. Can you too. name a single off that Beyonce album? I cannot. Exactly. I that doesn't oh. mean that doesn't mean it's not wow. like notable. That's how the Grammys work. Are we, it's not like the Grammys are. Like I don't know any of the Adele. So I don't know the Adele. Are song we poking the Beehive? Is that what we're doing? No, I'm just saying this is how the Grammys. The Grammys are like a popularity. Contest. I'm all for. It's not like it's like. I'm all oh, for kicking a hornet's nest. Most, this is the most artistic album. It's I'm all for like, kicking a hornet's nest. This was the big album. Stirring up, uh, you know, crap. But I, I don't know if I want to poke the beehive. I, I hear that they listen to a lot of EEI. I hear they do too. All right, my turn. Here we I go. Think they listen to everything. Big roll, and it is a two. A two is Jason Tatum over under thirty and a half points tonight mm, against the Phoenix Suns. 
I'm going to go ahead and take the under on this one. I oh. think uh, I'm going to go under 31 points, uh, 30 and a half, I guess. So it would have to be under 31 for Tatum. Um, I can see this being another game where they get off to a big lead and Hopefully Joe Missoula takes some of his own advice here, and uh, or not his own advice, but some of the outside advice, and limits these minutes. I'd like to think that this is the type of game Devin Booker's not playing, so I think the Celtics will cruise, and Tatum won't play enough to get to 31. Well, and I just looked it up. The, uh, the game earlier this year in Phoenix, you remember that blowout? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, the Celtics immediately fell apart later on on that road trip. But that, that was one of the games where Tatum played less than 30 minutes earlier this year, shockingly. Uh, he played 29 in that game. Tatum only 25 points. So Arkan has under 30 and a half for Jason Tatum. His scoring tonight against Phoenix. Mego, you got the field in album of the year for the Grammys this weekend. And I have Harvard Crimson. Right. Harvard. Plus three and a half. Plus 3.5. That's my that's my bet that I am I am all in on. Whenever Harvard and Yale get together, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, well, especially at Levitas. Yeah. Especially Seriously. at Levitas Pavilion. I mean, when they're catching three and a half, that's like stealing. Is I have I a say. bonus question, by the way. Oh. For all three of us. Yes. How many times will Jones give out the wrong <laughs> phone number next week? The over-under is two and a half times. Next week? Next week. Under. Next week. I thought you meant Under today. two and a half? Under. I thought you were going to say how many times will I do it today and I would take the over. By next week, I'm, I'm going to have it right. I'm taking the over because I think it's going to reset on Monday. And <laughs> you don't even know when you do it. Like if I no, didn't tell you, no, the truest you would thing, have to look at the text line or something. The truest for, thing is I, I learn it from the text or from the tweets or from one time one of the bosses. Seven, one like, time one of the bosses ran in and told me I did it. But yeah, I don't realize I do it when I do five it. Five no, shows true. next week, strong over. It's I'm, a lock. I'm going, I'm going under. 617-779-7937. See, look, yeah. I know it. It's not that hard, I think Jones. You got it. It's not all that I difficult. I think you got it. I might take the under on that, too. I feel like you got all the mistakes out of the way. But there you go. That's Bet Roulette or Crappy Bets. Still workshopping the name. <laughs> all right. Each and every Friday at this time. You know, gambling is now legal in the state. So we want people to, you know, run out to your local casino. Western Mass, go run out to Springfield. Bet MGM. Go place, a, uh, go place a bet on the Crimson. Uh, we'll get to your phone calls. As we said, 617-779-7937. Everybody knows the number. I was I, just showing off. I do want to get to – I was flexing a little bit there. I do want to get to, uh, well, Tom Brady's retirement and whether or not it's changed or impacted at all who you're rooting for in Super Bowl 57. We'll do that with your phone calls next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.